Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Zarin. Elizabeth. Zarin. Yeah. You know what's ridiculous? <laughs> I have so many things, but I have one in particular I was thinking about that I was like waiting to see if so I could tell you about this. Is it a product mashup? No. Oh, darn it. Yeah, but it, I, I, it, okay, in my head it was a mashup. Okay. I thought it was World Dog Snorkeling Championship. Uh-huh. Because I was like, dude, I got to tell Elizabeth, there's a World Dog <laughs> Snorkeling Championship. <laughs> Turns out I just read too fast sometimes. It was the World Bog Snorkeling Championship, bog? which makes a lot more sense if you think about it, because you actually can snorkel in a bog. I it's, suppose so. It's weirder to give a snorkel to a dog, I think, when you're looking at <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, apparently people, and you'll never guess where, over in England, <laughs> they go and they jump in perfectly good swamps and they swim around for competition. Yeah. And they, they not only do that, like those, it's about like a 200-foot stretch of bog. And then the rules are you wear a snorkel, like scuba diving, uh-huh. and then you just swim through the swamp. And then whoever swims through the swamp fastest with the snorkel, I guess they then they throw fruit at them. I don't know. <laughs> Someday they win. I don't know. Whatever Kick happens, in the right? Shins. But apparently there's also a triathlon where you can do a five mile run, a twelve mile mountain bike ride, and then the bog swim. Uh-huh. And, anyway, so yeah, there's a there's a whole thing. I'm gonna be doing this August twenty third of this year. I'm oh, gonna go over you are? okay. I'm, I'm training now. Uh-huh. I, I got the shin kicking training going with yeah. my shin kicking master. So now I just gotta get a bog swimmer okay. to teach me me the ways of how I like forget that I'm in a swamp or whatever it is that you have to do to train. Well, I hope they don't lose the snorkel. It could be like, you know, those bog people, all the like really well-preserved <laughs> yeah, remains totally. of, you know. Yeah, because the anaerobic preservation. Is just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Just slip under. Like, well, join some the... of those are pretty wild. Like there's a girl, I think, that they pulled out of the bogs from, I don't know, like mm-hmm. caveman times. Yeah. That's the, that's the scientific but You're term. talking like real more like peat mossy bogs, But they're right? bogs, yeah. yeah. And then they had like the one, she has like a flower necklace that was wow. preserved. Wow. Because there's zero oxygen down there. That'll be me someday soon. You know, from yeah. caveman times. So I should probably really pick out my outfit then if I'm going to go do the box snorkeling right. Work. Something that I want to live forever I think in. I, I'm thinking sequined Speedos. That'll be fun for archaeologists of the future. Yes. You got you to gotta think of them. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Thank you. Do you know what else is ridiculous? Hell no, I don't. 
Living as a hermit and surviving on stolen candy. Oh, my man. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Oh, you damn right. Uh, Have you ever thought someone was in your house without you knowing about it? (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I've never thought that. (laughs) Like, have you ever had things go missing that are unexplained? I've had weird noises occur and thought it was a ghost before I thought it was a living person. So I'm not the right person to ask about this. (laughs) My my mom had a dog years Uh ago named Lucy. Okay. And Lucy was like a big old hound dog. She was dumber than cheese. Like, she was not a smart dog. (laughs) How smart is cheese? She's not smart. On the, the, like, dairy product line. It's like way down. Like, yogurt? (laughs) Super smart. Smart. Sounds it's smart. cultured. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, so Lucy the hound dog, kleptomaniac. Okay. And like my mom had a neighbor who maybe wasn't like the sharpest of wits, <laughs> and thanks to the drink and like anything else he could find. So Lucy started sneaking over to this guy's yard and taking things. Like first it was a ball cap. Okay. And then my mom just like went around and put it on the guy's mailbox and like didn't say anything. Um, then she turns up with a pack of smokes. <laughs> And, like, people shouldn't smoke, so my mom threw the pack away. And then, meanwhile, like, the guy's kind of losing what little sense he has, thinking, like, where did I leave all this stuff? So then Lucy shows up one day in the yard with a single raw chicken wing. All right. Like, so she's not breaking into blow. the house? Or well, like, no. Like, oh, he was grilling I, I Yeah, I think he was, like, trying to grill up a wing like Parker Posey and waiting for Guffman. Yeah. My favorite scene. Anyway, and that's a shout-out to rude dude Phineas Gage nice. on Instagram and their well, lovely Phineas wife. Gage. The two of them are Guffman obsessive, just oh, like me. Oh, I like it. Anyway, so... So when did Ma- he show up with like with like I don't know the the I don't know the bumper of a fifty two Ford? <laughs> well, it, close. Long story longer. Uh-huh. The dog kept stealing things yes. until the man stopped keeping things in his carport. It was oh, everything in the carport. Okay. Lessons were learned <laughs> by all everybody. Around. Yeah. And but you know this isn't that uncommon. Um, not dogs stealing cigarettes, but people <laughs> finding things going missing with no explanation. There was a woman in South Carolina, not my mom. Um, who was hearing weird sounds in her house, like, and then nails started coming down from the ceiling. Like, through, like, the, this, like, yeah. right through the through roof, the, the ceiling? Dr- so, yeah, like, through the drywall. So, like, you're getting points of nails? Yeah, uh-huh. and then, like, a little bit of insulation was coming through. Oh, weird. And so she thought maybe she had a critter living in the attic. You would have thought automatically ghost. Ghost, of course. I'm like, <laughs> oh, probably critter. Civil War ghost. Well, did she ever have a critter? So she sends her nephew up to check, and there was a man up there huh. in her attic. There were fast a poltergeist. F- there were fast food cups filled with his own waste oh, all over god. the place. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! And he oh, had his god. bed, little bed area, situated so that he could see down a heating vent into the master bedroom. He was literally crapping where he slept. Yeah. He- <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. And where he ate, yeah, I suppose. Exactly. You know. um, so the cops came, and it turns out the lady knew the guy that she'd broken up with him twelve years prior. What? He was about to go to prison, and she ended their relationship. And when was he discovered in the attic? He'd just gotten out of prison two weeks earlier. Wait, I'm a little thrown here. So, so he's about to go to prison. She breaks up with him. Breaks She's up like, with this him. isn't going to work. You're he going to prison. goes to prison. 
does 12 his years bid, later. comes out and he's like, I'm just going to sneak back into her. I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to maybe see if we can pick up where we started. Yeah. First, I'm just going to sleep in her I attic. just need to get about 12 cups of poop first. Yeah, I, need to, I need to get her used to my smell. 18 <laughs> bottles of pee. And then she'll she'll be mine. I'll just osmotically bed. make my presence Yeah, like known. what did he think would happen <laughs> with this? Well, there was, a, there was a lady in Washington State. She called a repairman. Uh-huh. And he had to go into the house to fix something. And when he was down there, he discovered a dude living in the crawl space. <laughs> a family of four. Just... Well, no, it was like a dude. She they didn't know how long Wait, he'd been down there. Wait, this is the same there. woman? No, this is a different. Oh, this isn't. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't know why this keeps. <laughs> she, she needs to date better men. She's got all these exes underneath it below her house. Well, I mean. like he gave out the word like, hey, this is the place like, to hang out. No, this is in Washington state. So they didn't know how long the guy had been in the crawl space. But like she told police things had been off for a while. Like there were weird smells in her house that she couldn't place. It turns out that was the stink of the weed and the meth that he was smoking oh, down there. So she had like a meth addict like That's losing his teeth under the house. His smell just to be creeping up through <laughs> your floorboard. So like, who's smoking meth? Is that meth I smell? <laughs> no, in another place in North Carolina, uh-huh. there was a college student who kept finding her clothes missing. Okay. And she and I'm thinking she's probably going, okay, my roommates, right? But yeah. she's like, no, they don't want my clothes. Or I, like my one neighbor who's have, covetous. They don't have the fashion sense I do. <laughs> she found like a handprint on the wall. And what did her roommate say? Uh-huh. It's a ghost. Yeah. So like, were you her roommate? <laughs> I'm telling you. A lot of us agree. <laughs> well, I mean, First Occam's Razor, got to be a ghost. So then one day she hears a noise. You know how many dead people there are, Elizabeth? You know how many <laughs> that ghosts? That is really I mean, true. just do the math, girl. I mean, it's a deep bench <laughs> yeah, for ghosts. Just saying. Um, so she hears a noise. The odds of living versus dead. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, go She on. hears a noise. Uh-huh. It's coming from her closet. Her thought, it's got to be a raccoon. Yeah, or an ex-boyfriend. Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> like ex-con, ex-boyfriend. This is, what she, this is what she said to Fox 8 News in Greenboro, North Carolina. Oh. I'm like, who's there? And somebody <laughs> answers me. He's like, oh, my name is Drew. And I open the door, and he's in there wearing all of my clothes, my socks, my shoes, and he has a book bag full of my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some of your best impression work yet. So she had a 30-year-old man living in the closet. And And in her clothes. Yeah, and she was like, so she she says, like, what are you doing in my closet? He's like, my name is Joe. And so then she's chatting with him, like trying to keep him busy while she calls the cops. Asking him for fashion advice. Well, here this. Did you pair them with that skirt? What did they do while she they were waiting? He tried on more clothes. So the cops come and they arrest him and they charge like this for weird squatting, right? But then he also had other felonies for other weird stuff that he'd done beyond like. Oh, I'm betting on that one. So then there's a guy in Japan. Okay. And he keeps finding food missing from his house. And Uh so he sets up a video camera and he catches the culprit on tape. And that's where he found out that she wasn't breaking in, that she was already in. <laughs> and she's living in a closet and what? had been in there for more than a year. Now, here's the thing. It's from a British paper where I found this. Okay. And they kept saying it was in a cabinet. And so I think that's what they mean, yeah. like a closet. I don't think she was climbing up among the glasses <laughs> in the cabinet. She's real tiny. It's just a little, little tiny One thing. of those contortionists. She fold up in like a little <laughs> box. So, um, yeah. Now, the guy I want to tell you about today, uh-huh. our main character, he did something similar. Okay. But not just not, just not for a year. Uh-huh. Not just a year. One day he went into the woods with no intentions. Uh-huh. No intentions to stay. No intentions to come back out. What do you mean? He just wanted pure, uncut, in-the-moment awareness. 
Okay, so he just goes on a hike one day, going, I want to have like a full moment. I'm done. I want to be present. Yeah. His name is Christopher Thomas Knight. All right. He was born in 1965 to a working class family in rural Maine, Albion, to be exact. They had six kids. His dad cleaned tanker trucks at a creamery while his mom kept the house. Um, They had like a simple farmhouse, but it was on 60 acres. Damn. Right? They That's a spread. They weren't no, rich they by dairy, any means. Dairy farmers? Well, that... he just worked at the dairy. Like, so he didn't keep cows Mm-mm. for the dairy, huh? They were super self-sufficient and, like, really clever with what they had. They sure. had a two-acre garden that they grew food a on. two-acre garden? Yes. That's huge. a farm. That's, like, my dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just have, what, like, five raised beds. Um, <laughs> they built stuff. They fixed stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and they made, like, a little hut in the woods. The boys did it all by themselves. The kids worked really hard. They were awesome brainiac nerds in school. Um that's awesome for from where I'm standing, but mm-hmm. I think the kids at Lawrence High School in Fairfield, Maine, probably didn't get with that. Yeah. Either way, the family were voracious readers. Um, a neighbor said that their house looked like a library because there were just books and magazines everywhere. I love it. I know. His family was very reserved and super private. Like, I cannot stress that enough. Obsessively private. Most of the neighbors had rarely spoken to them in, like, the decades that they lived next to each That's other. That's more than really private. Oh, yeah. That's, gets, like, intensely private. Well, and this is what Christopher later said of his family. Quote, we're not emotionally bleeding all over each other. We're not touchy-feely. Stoicism is expected. Okay, I'm with them on the stoicism part, but the emotionally bleeding all over each other is a That's really a pretty weird phrase. way to look at it. So Chris graduates from high school in 1984. Okay. Olympic fever was sweeping the nation. Oh, yeah. That has nothing. Sam no- the Eagle. Oh, yeah. But that has nothing to do with anything I'm telling you about. Okay, you just um, wanted to get us there. Just needed to get that out. 1984. <laughs> Olympic fever was sweeping the nation. I can't write Mary that. Mary Lou Retton was right? the, America's sweetheart. <laughs> so... Um, Chris, like his siblings, he had really great grades. Um, and just like his siblings, he went to Sylvania Technical School in Massachusetts after ah. he graduated. And like his brothers before him, he enrolled in an electronics course there. He completed the program and then he got a job like um, installing home and car alarm systems. Okay. His paychecks from that job earned him a car. Okay. A 1985 Subaru Brat. <laughs> oh, Wow. That was an amazing, <laughs> not a truck truck. It's a bad little scooter right there. Um, he'd only been working for about a year when he got into his car one day and just started driving. Okay. He's he just... drove out of the city limits of Waltham, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. He headed up the coast, passing through the sliver of New Hampshire that touches the Atlantic Ocean. Right. He went through Portsmouth and crossed into Maine. He went past the Nubble Lighthouse, Zarin. Oh, not the Nubble Lighthouse, Elizabeth. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times. He went through Kennebunk. I do know that. But place. not Kennebunk Port because yeah, it no, wasn't that there's... close to the water at that okay. point. He went along the rugged coast by Portland, past Yarmouth, Zarin. Not past Yarmouth? Yes. I would have gone, I would have stayed in Portland. He went personally. past Brunswick. Not past Brunswick. And past the Androscoggin River. Wow. Please. Are you kidding me? He headed to the capital, Augusta, mm-hmm. and he just kept going. Did he go up to Bar Harbor? He he made his way along the dense forest surrounding China Lake, past Lovejoy Pond, if you can believe that. Oh, my goodness. Until he reached Albion. That's a really good place. His hometown. Yeah, just chill there. Sure. Well, he looked up and down the main street as he drove, <laughs> yes. and then he just kept going, Zarin. This man, there's no stopping can him. Can you believe it? Like, he's just got his foot on the gas. I do not doubt Christopher Thomas Knight. The more he drove, 
the deeper he went into the wilds of northern Maine. Mm -hmm. He just kept going until his gas tank was almost empty. Oh, come on, New Jack Thoreau, do it. (laughs) So, hold on. So he was right at Moosehead Lake, not too far from the Canadian border, when he decided, like, I'm running out of gas, I'm going to pull over. He pulls the brat to the side of the road, like kind of deep into the bushes on like a little trail. Um, He grabs his backpack, which was not filled with supplies. Mm -hmm. Uh, He left his keys in the car and then just started walking. Okay. And he kept walking and he kept walking. He would camp somewhere for a little bit and then head south. And this just was like days and days. He followed the valleys and the streams. Like, and at first he was foraging for food. Like, Do, do we know what time of year this is? Uh, no. Okay. Just so curious. he's foraging for food. He's eating berries. Uh-huh. Roadkill. Oh, God. I know. Um, and <sighs> it should be noted that his family never filed a missing persons report. They were a really quiet family. <laughs> I thought that, you know, they're they're these, like, stoic New England stock, right? They didn't want to emotionally bleed all over the cops. <laughs> well, it's like they figured, like, okay, if my son goes off and doesn't say anything, well, he's on some sort of adventure and yeah. wants to be left alone. That doesn't make sense to me still, even taking into account the culture. Because, like, what if something bad happened to him, either at someone else's hand or his own? I don't get it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of with you. <clears throat> but at the same time, I do know that certain families who have taken similar stances with when a, a child that they are not surprised does something like this. Yeah, I could see that. They don't They don't have the family like, you're all on Find My Friends. No, 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 no not quite like some people I know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that Subaru Brat he was driving, Yeah, uh, it was just a year old when he ditched it. It's basically a new car. Yeah. It was never discovered. It's pretty much probably still out there in the woods somewhere. Oh, find my brat. Wallowed by the wilderness. <laughs> I want that like brat with like, with a tree I don't know, around it. a thousand miles on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How can so- we both go in such different directions? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he starts making his way south from Moosehead Lake mm-hmm. and he starts stealing food to live rather than eating roadkill. Yeah. Well, he know. stole corn from gardens. He dug up potatoes. Oh, so, so it must not, be like summertime. Yeah, so but he's not stealing from like the houses. He's not stealing no, no, no. pies from windowsills. No, he's well, I mean, I'm sure corn. he probably did that too. But okay. at first it was the gardens, then let's say pies from windowsills. Okay, sure. I, um, I live in a hobo world, Elizabeth. <laughs> well, that went on for two years. Two years. And then one day he found the perfect spot to call home. When we get back from this break, I'll tell you where and how Christopher Knight decided to stay. Hi. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. 
They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. That's simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans, and yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from the Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Zarin, we're back. Hey, look at us. When we left off, Christopher Knight, he was making his way through the wilds of northern Maine. That's right. Lay it on me, Claude. Eating on roadkill. Mm-hmm. Stealing carrots. Yes. Probably pies from windowsills. Living someone's best life. <laughs> I want to make a pie and put it on the windowsill and see what happens. <laughs> I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'll steal it. <laughs> yeah, like you'll go over and wreck it. Uh, what are they called? What do they call them? Squirrels? <laughs> anyway, um, so and he initially, he stayed in an empty cabin. What do they call them? Trash bears? What are, they, what are those things? Uh, birds. <laughs> um, so he stayed in an empty cabin yes. once, and he was nervous the whole time, and he didn't think it was worth it, the whole shelter thing. <laughs> the whole roof over your head thing. It was just too anxiety producing. Um, so after that, he never slept inside again. Okay, it. make a choice and stick with it, yeah. my man. So he started out way up by Moosehead Lake. Um, do you know that's that's where Moosehead beer comes from? I kind of guessed. I had no idea. No. It doesn't. No, I just made that yeah, up. Molson? It does not. No. Isn't Molson the maker? Anyway, Who go knows? on. No, I just made it up. Anyway, he moved <laughs> south, and then he reached an area that felt like a little more familiar to him. Like he understood the trees and the temperature and the flora and fauna. Uh-huh. He didn't know where he was, but he was like more than 100 miles south from where he started. He was at a place called North Pond. It's a big pond called North Pond. Oh, that makes sense. Thus, it's a it's a small river. Yeah, you want to <laughs> in the southern part called North. Anyway. And everyone refers to it as North as Pond. North pond. So that way, if someone says North Pond, you know. <laughs> well, where he left the brat. Yeah. And I, duh, brat. <laughs> the brat, like she's just sucking. <laughs> she was riding with him in the car, and she's like, "Well, I'll just wait. I'll just stay here, summon it on the highway." Uh, I'm going to keep going to Nova Scotia. That, you go your way. That had been completely unpopulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was just, there was nothing out there. Yeah, it's now the he's deep main woods. Yeah, now he's in like a rural farming slash vacation community. Okay, so he's back to like a rural community. And it's beautiful. I'm I sure it did is. Google Street View all over the place <laughs> in this. And it's be- now that most of the roads aren't covered. <laughs> But it's gorgeous. So how was your Google Street View tour? Oh, I drove all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Click, 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 click. I'm just going, look, and then I pan over. Look at the, you can see the North Pond from here. Oh, it's just stunning. And I bet you like it because you can drive slowly and you can Uh just. (laughs) No, I just speed. I jump. I jump. I jump. Okay. So the woods where he, he decided to set up shop. They were really rugged, lots of boulders, ah, um, yes. really dense undergrowth. Like that Appalachian style. Yeah, and there were no game trails anywhere, oh, which told him that this was not a high traffic area. Huh. There were no, like, stoplights for deer. <laughs> uh, so he finds this clearing, like, oh, like a round area of boulders. You can't okay. see my hand gestures. <laughs> no. It's... And so I'm just making a big hug of all these boulders in this big circle. 
And you had to kind of go in through a, a split between them. So it's like a hinge of rock. Correct. <laughs> and there are all these big trees over the top. So it's really shady. He uh-huh. sets in more ways than one. He sets up camp. Um, he cleared this large area and he leveled out the dirt as best as he could. And then he set out to stock up his little paradise, right? So he's like refounding America. Pretty much. <laughs> Just one man redoing <laughs> it. Makes a flag. Let's start from here. <laughs> so the area around North Pond which is the Belgrade Lakes area. Okay. Uh, it's brimming with vacation cabins and summer camps. Were you writing real estate over here? I brimming am. with <laughs> I want to go there so badly. It's so tell. pretty. Um, Chris, he's deep enough in the woods that summer fun seekers are like drunken high school students. They're mm-hmm. not going to stumble upon his camp. Oh, yeah. I got you. But he could get close to the cabins without being detected easily enough. Hmm. Uh, he'd watch the cabins to make sure no one was around, no cars in the driveway. And then he'd creep up, peek in the window, try the door. Um, and it was from these cabins that he got himself a tent and some tarps and a propane stove mm-hmm. and some propane tanks <laughs> and food. <laughs> He's just going shopping. Oh, man. completely. <laughs> now, is he like just packing this stuff on his back and hiking the uh-huh. miles back? Uh-huh. And then wow. I'll get to some of his other techniques. Uh-huh. So he gets the basics. Okay. Then he moves on to clothes and other supplies. Uh-huh. He stole a ton of sleeping bags. All right. You know. I'm uh, starting to understand why his family may have just let him go. It's <laughs> <laughs> like he had always been a bit strange. Well, he needed all the sleeping bags for the winter and the cold oh, nights. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And he only went out at night. So it would, and in the dead of winter, when it would get super, super cold, he'd get up and he'd pace around his campsite to keep warm. Like he'd turn on the propane stove and melt some snow for uh-huh. water to get all sure. toasty. Does he have like a pet timber wolf at this point? That's no, traveling everywhere no with him. No companion. Okay, I mean that's what I would be. At I that know. Point. Yeah, I know yeah. your story. <laughs> I'd have like all the woodland creatures. Exactly. Um, you'd have a posse, a bear, <laughs> a owl. <laughs> he never got frostbite. If uh-huh. you can believe it. Okay. And he never got sick because he wasn't around people to catch a cold. Sure. I get the sick. The frostbite. He didn't have surprising. stomach issues. He fell once or twice, but he didn't break any bones. Okay. So he's lucky he's not really putting himself out. He didn't have any dental emergencies. No. No. He was in good shape. He stole books and okay. so many magazines and books, like tons. Uh-huh. He managed to swipe a giant collection of National Geographic magazines, okay. which he repurposed into the floor of his campsite. Oh, wow. So he leveled off the ground, but he wanted insulation and water absorption. So he stacked the magazines into blocks and basically tiled his hideaway with them. Oh, okay. I get super you smart. It is super smart. Uh, he didn't read them, though, because he thought National Geographic was garbage. <laughs> um, and he was a little disappointed with the literary tastes of the cabin dwellers. Like, he he would take just about anything they had to read, but he felt that they had met too many paperback potboilers and not enough of an intellectual challenge. Mm-hmm. Too much Maine native Stephen King and not enough Maine native Edna St. Vincent Millay. Okay, I feel you. So he did have strong literary opinions. He thought, Sounds like it. He thought James Joyce was a total joke and only loved by <laughs> fake intellectuals. When he ran out of stolen toilet paper, he wiped with um, pages from John Grisham novels. Oh, my God. That's amazing. (laughs) He couldn't stand Jack Kerouac, but actually he just couldn't stand people who liked Jack Kerouac. Okay. He was totally over Robert Frost. Yeah. And he really, really hated Henry David Thoreau. 
I'm, he I, called I'm it, with him on the he lot He called of him these. a dilettante. Do you know my take? If your mother and your sister <laughs> are doing exactly... your laundry and bringing you food every week, that is not you living alone in a cabin. I don't know if I've been told this lie for so long. You... I heard that and I was like, I'm going to go back. I Are you kidding me? Are you Christopher Knight? Because that's like exactly what he said. He really? goes on this rant and he's like, you know, if my mom did my laundry when I was out in the woods, see, he had dinner parties. Yes. Thoreau did. So he's like, whatever. I'm I like, am Christopher Knight, brother. I'm right there. He went you. into the woods to, and got free. Well, yeah. free stuff. So, <laughs> meanwhile, the folks in Rome. I like his approach. <laughs> Rome is like a large, unincorporated area along North Pond. Okay. The people there, they felt like they were kind of losing it. The area had been so safe, no crime. But now people were finding stuff missing from their houses and their vacation cabins. They started to talk to each other and they found they weren't alone. Hmm. So they wanted to, like, keep an eye open, but no one ever saw anything. Stuff just kept disappearing. So a legend was born. The North Pond Hermit was to blame. Oh, it my God. gave him a name. They weren't wrong. Chris was a hermit in all but the religious sense. Hermits go away from society as a means to get clarity, mm -hmm. to get closer to their higher power or powers. Sure. They renounce worldly concerns and pleasures. This is very or liberating. Or shake off the rest of us right. for, some, for some people. And we hear about hermits in stories, fictions. Yeah. You ever um, watch Northern Exposure? Yeah. They have a great one, Adam, who goes off and does exactly this. Exactly. He's the hermit who's stealing stuff, but he's a gourmet chef, so he steals like gourmet ingredients, but <laughs> well, go on. There was that super filthy seduction of a young woman by a hermit in Boccaccio's The Decameron. Oh, wow. Did you know that that section of the book was I'm seen... over here with Northern Exposure and you're pulling... Yeah, Boccaccio's Decameron. Yeah, that's that true. That part of the book was so filthy that it wasn't translated into English until the 20th century. Really? And it was written in 1353. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, I got a copy if you want to break into sure. it. Sure. We'll do a reading yeah. later. So then there's Nietzsche's Thus Spoke Zarathustra. Uh-huh. Uh, Zarathustra is a hermit who mm -hmm. calls time out on his isolation, pops oh, yeah. out of his cave. He quiet quits society. He declares that God is dead. Yeah. Chris Knight, though, he was in the woods with no interaction or connection with human beings, but he had no desire to go out and share with society the things that he'd learned. Huh. What did he learn? Yeah, please. What did he learn, Elizabeth? In an interview with writer Michael Finkel, yes. he wrote, Michael Finkel wrote a really great book about Chris Knight called The Stranger in the Woods. Huh. It's a great book. Um, here's what Chris had to say. I did examine myself, he said. Solitude did increase my perception. But here's the tricky thing. When I applied my increased perception to myself, I lost my identity. With no audience, no one to perform for, I was just there. There was no need to define myself. I became irrelevant. The moon was the minute hand, the seasons the hour hand. I didn't even have a name. I never felt lonely. To put it romantically, I was completely free. Wow. Right? <laughs> That's heavy. I mean, it's like I'm... You, I've read about, you know, obviously, in diaries from cowboys who experience a lot of time alone and mm -hmm. life alone and out on their own. And they say things very similarly, not quite so poetically or with so much thoughtful and meaningful uh, examination of the self. But they get to the same levels of, like, you know, the, the moon is your hour hand and the idea of, like, you know, you don't need to have a name and mm -hmm. your identity merges with the the oneness of everything and it's interesting how the freedom is the loss of the self yeah like yeah the, 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 somehow the self is the prison well to be irrelevant is to be free yeah well it's, it also goes with the buddhist with like you know once you have a self you're suffering like as soon as you have one <laughs> exactly. like, that's it brother you exactly. are your own prison it's just wild exactly so there's chris yeah living in the woods stealing to survive mm -hmm. uh he stole himself a nice columbia jacket mm -hmm. uh call. he had a little radio and he stole a lot of junk food. 
Was he talking to himself? Because his language skills are pretty good for someone who wasn't speaking for decades. Not so much. He he actually, it was hard for him to start talking again. I bet, yeah, because you hear that. So he, like I said, radio. Uh-huh. Uh, he did listen to Rush Limbaugh. It's like entertainment. Okay. Um, he the only voice you hear is Rush Limbaugh. What well, no, we... in music. You know who we really, really love? Huh. Leonard Skinner. He was like, in a thousand years, people are going to be listening to Leonard Skinner. That's what he said. Dead serious. I mean, I would have gone with Allman Brothers. <laughs> if you had to pick them the yeah, genre. The... Yeah. Anywho. So all this junk food, right? Yeah. He would really, like, he got So crazy. he really is the free bird. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just, he got I crazy into the junk food. Uh-huh. Um, flashlights, yeah. batteries, rope, chocolate mm-hmm. bars, frozen burritos. He's listing his turn-ons and turn-offs. Uh-huh. Deodorant, uh-huh. boots, <laughs> duct tape, spices. Okay. Thermometers, uh-huh. or as they say, thermometers. Uh, <laughs> hand sanitizer, mm-hmm. clothes soap, which uh-huh. is what I call laundry detergent. Uh <laughs> I do, and it annoys everybody, whatever. Watches, pillows, mm-hmm. mouse traps. And these are just things we all both know what they are. This is what he's stealing. I got that. Yes. Shampoo. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shampoo. He, he would, quote unquote, borrow a canoe to steal big stuff. So he would like take a canoe out, steal the stuff, bring it back, and then mm-hmm. he'd sprinkle pine needles all over it so it looked like it hadn't been moved. <laughs> but anyway, he used the canoe to steal a mattress and a box spring. What? And a bed frame. What? Yeah. So he had that all. He had a bed frame mattress and then his tent and tarps. Wow. Yeah. No wonder he's so judgmental of Walden. Well, and no wonder the locals are like, goodness, like, or Thoreau, I, my bed's gone. Yeah. So, yeah. He he kept a bug out bag with backup supplies away from the campsite and never, and like, if he ever got made and he had to get out of there. <laughs> um, as winter would approach, he'd ramp up his supply heist. It wasn't just the cold weather that kept him from journeying out in the winter. He didn't want to leave tracks in the snow. Yeah. That would lead right back to him. People, meanwhile, start getting burglar alarms. Don't forget that Chris's one and only job had been installing burglar alarms. So, <laughs> so much for that. So people bought deadbolt locks. They kept guns in the house. There was this one guy, Neil Patterson. He stayed up at night with a 357 Magnum, lying in wait for the hermit. He stayed up for two weeks straight every night. Just itching to shoot itching. a her- hermit. And then he gave up because... You know, it's like you can only do that for so long. The anger only burns so long. <laughs> Chris, he kept stealing and staying one step ahead. Mm-hmm. One jackpot for him was the Pine Tree Camp. And here's how the camp is described on its website. Quote, tucked along the shore of beautiful North Pond in Rome, you will find what at first glance looks like a quintessential main camp under a canopy of pine trees. Look a bit closer and you'll see why many refer to this place as heaven on earth. It's Pine Tree Camp. Pine Tree Camp opened its gates in 1945 as a summer camp for children with physical disabilities. Over the years, it has evolved into a place where children and adults with disabilities are able to participate in all the recreational activities for which Maine is known all year long. The barrier-free setting, along with an amazing staff, ensured that activities like swimming, fishing, kayaking, hiking, boating, and even camping in a tent under the stars are all completely accessible to all. Participating in activities that take people beyond their disability has a tremendous impact. It builds self-esteem and self-confidence. That experience, coupled with meeting friends who understand and experiencing the feeling of acceptance, is transformational. Mm, I like that. This place sounds amazing, and I'm pretty annoyed that he stole from them. So I have to admit that I made a donation to them as I was researching <laughs> this because I felt guilty about <laughs> cutting up about it and then finding out that he took from kids with disabilities. Are you kidding me? 
Yeah, I, I'm Whatever. not surprised. I mean, like, I'm not going to, like, <laughs> wag my finger at him. I like that he's an equal opportunist. I guess, you but know? I was he's just, just like, that's, there, a, like, that's a line too far. He's like, look, I'll steal from handicapped children. I'll that's steal it. from your grandmother. Crossed, I don't care. I'll steal from anybody. He crossed the line for me on that. So anyway, no, you can you, donate you, you to You play Pine. favorites, Elizabeth. <laughs> if you want, you can donate to Pine Tree Camp. Just Google it. Um, anyway. Okay, so. I'll, I'll, I'll donate. <laughs> Pine Tree Camp was a prime target of his, though. They had, okay, if it's repeated, I'm with you. Yeah, it was repeated. Okay, if it was a one-time thing, I'm not no. so do weird. They about had it. lots of supplies, obviously, to save all these people. They're going to have tons of food. And... They'd been hit by him before. They knew it was only a matter of time before he came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not raise a, a child army to go after him. <laughs> um, he would hit properties multiple times, so he averaged about forty burglaries a year. That's a lot. Forty. Bur- that, that's like yeah, obviously you know a little less than one a week or like three a month basically. Right. So he's like, you know. He's pretty active. It's not wow. like he's doing big, you know, anyway. Yeah, I mean, but that's like, I'm just thinking about the travel. Like, if yeah. he like got like a list, does he have a natural, like, on Wednesdays, I like to shop, you know? Like, <laughs> he didn't know what day was what. He's yeah, just that's like, what I'm he completely lost track of time. And he had he, no idea. Does he keep it? Did he create his own calendar? No, he didn't keep a journal. He didn't do any of that. Right. He was just, he was just being. He's just in the moment, right? Yes. Of course. Uh, so this one local guy, he said he was hit about twice a year. Quote, I'd leave him a note. Don't break in. Just tell me what you need. I'll put it by the side of the road. And he never did. He never <laughs> left him a note. He's just like, whatever. Don't tell me what to do. I'm Take free. <laughs> so there's this game warden, Sergeant Terry Hughes, determined to put an end to the looting. Of course. he's Yeah. He sets up a high-end motion detector alarm behind the ice machine in the kitchen of Pine Tree Camp. Okay. The alarm didn't ring at the camp. It rang at Terry's house. <laughs> so when we get back from this break, I'll tell you if Terry's trap worked. Nice. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
Hey, Zarin. What's up, E? Welcome back. Ah, how you doing, Claude? Sit down. All right, I'm sitting. Close your eyes. Oh, snap, my eyes are closed. I want you to picture it. It's the wee hours of April 4th, 2013. The number one song in the country is Thrift Shop by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, featuring Wans or Wands or somebody. None of this matters to you. <laughs> You're a giant Costco-sized bag of large marshmallows. You damn right I am. <laughs> and you're on a shelf in the pantry of the Pine Tree Camp in Rome, Maine. Mm-hmm. You hear a noise, creaking floorboards. Is it a ghost? It's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was here a couple weeks ago, and he stole a keychain off a hook in the hall. Mm. You could see him from your spot on the shelf. <laughs> He's whistling to himself as he walks to the shelves and starts putting stuff in his backpack. Last time he took your buddy, the value pack of Hershey bars. <laughs> you and the graham crackers stared helplessly as the chocolate was whisked away into the night. Gone was the promise of the melty union the three of you were waiting for. We had plans. We did. A little melty thruple. Yeah. <laughs> um, you watch as the man grabs a bag of Smarties candies. He giggles in delight. You consider Smarties a lesser candy, but you know what? Who are you to talk? You're a marshmallow. I'm a marshmallow man. He takes his time. He peruses the shelves. He grabs some cans of coffee and bags of potato chips. And then he uses that purloined key from the hook in the hall to get access to the walk-in freezer. He's in there a while, illegally shopping. He comes back out with his arms full of hamburgers, sides of bacon, hot dogs. Um, and as he passes the shelves, he reaches out and he grabs you. No! His rough hands squeeze your bag. I'm so soft. And you gasp. <laughs> you didn't think it would end like this. You look over and you see a pair of eyes peeking in the window. You let out a little squeal. You recognize him. It's the game warden, Terry Hughes. The door to the kitchen flies open and you and the hermit are blinded by a flashlight. You, though, can make out a barrel of a gun behind the light. Save me, Terry. You know, the bags of marshmallow have great vision, great night vision. Lots of eyes. Get on the ground, yells Sergeant Hughes. The hermit complies. He drops you, and you slide along the warm wood floor and come to rest against an industrial oven. This is all too much for a bag of marshmallows. Sergeant Hughes then calls Maine State Trooper, a woman named Diane Perkins Vance, and she's on the scene almost immediately. She's also been waiting for this moment. She's hmm. just hepped up. The cops are stunned that this is their hermit. Super clean cut, very put together, you know, no facial hair, thanks to all the stolen razors. Hmm. He had really nice clothes on, very well taken care of. It took them a while to get him to open up, um, but he finally told them who he was. He said, I don't have an address. I don't have a car. I don't have a job. I got nothing. They asked him how long he'd been in the woods. Here's how Michael Finkel put it in his book. Quote, Knight thought for a bit, then asked when the Chernobyl nuclear plant disaster occurred. Oh, he had wow. long ago lost the habit of making time in months or years. This was just a news event he happened to remember. The nuclear meltdown took place in 1986, the same year Knight said he went to live in the woods. He was 20 years old at the time, not long out of high school. He was now 47, a middle-aged man. Oh my God, he spent the entire 27 years. All of his. Zarin, 
He was in the woods for 27, 27 years. 27 years. His formative years. Not his reclining, no. retiring years. No. He wasn't the old man in the no. woods. He's just out there, I just really like trees. Uh-huh. I don't know who needs to date. or like, His prime. You know. he, he committed wow. well over a thousand break-ins in that time. Good on him. And they think it was probably way more than that. I Good know, for I, him. Whatever. Except <laughs> for Pine Tree Camp. Yes, of course. Obviously, for with, that. with the kids. So he was having a tough time <laughs> with this sudden reimmersion into society. He didn't know how to talk to people or how to act. Oh, yeah. It's like when I first started seeing people in person after the COVID lockdown. Mm-hmm. Like, I had zero small talk skills. You were and pretty feral. I would just sort of short circuit. Yeah. I was more awkward than normal. Exactly. Like, I don't know what to... Okay, I, I gotta like, go. I was like, don't pet me. Why are you doing... <laughs> I'm not a cat. Why it's like, you be quiet now. Um <laughs> Chris Knight hadn't spoken to anyone in nearly 30 years. Uh Uh, He was still wearing the thick gold rim glasses that he had on as a young man when he walked into the wilderness. This is a man who went out to live on his own who wears prescription (laughs) glasses. glasses. That's wild. You know what? That's an inspiration. Totally. Brave. Um, Bold. While he was awaiting trial, two of his brothers came to see him, and obviously none of them recognized each other. I mean, the brothers recognized themselves. But, um, <laughs> Who are you, man? They, like, he, they, one of them like, was like, okay, I got to prepare for this. I got to meet my brother. And he goes into the washroom and I have two splashes brothers. water on his face. And he was like, wait, who are you? Who is anybody? He, like... He got that clarity from his brother telepathically. Just being his presence. Yeah. It, just it, was, it was so awesome. And it was a ghost. Um, <laughs> we don't know about, like, the family's relationships because obviously they're so terribly private. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know that his father passed away before his arrest, before he emerged. And Chris was listed as a survivor in the obituary. So yeah. they kind of just imagine when he's you, alive somewhere. This I, Did you ever have friends like... I? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I've like, never had friends. But <laughs> if you have some friends, you'll usually have a dude. Usually it's a guy. Sometimes it's not. It can be mm-hmm. anybody. But, you know, often it's a guy who's just, you can tell, like, I'm just going to go off to Alaska types. I'm going to go off to, you know, Goose Lake in, in Canada. It's mm-hmm. like, you can just tell. And then they go off and they do it. And you never see them again. And everything's cool. The family's like, well, we always knew he was oh, going to really? do that. This huh. is like, yeah, I've not, I've known a few guys. And the family's just what like. What have you done to people? That you're... <laughs> no, it's like they were just not meant to be a yeah, human. Like they, they got the wrong body. You know, it's like they were meant to be like a, a stork or a crane okay. or something. Or so, a bag of marshmallows. Or in my case, a bag of marshmallows. <laughs> So in October of 2013, Chris pleaded guilty to 13 counts of burglary and theft in the Kennebec County Superior Court. Mm -hmm. He got seven months in jail and he'd already served most of it. So he only had a week left on his sentence. (laughs) And he had to he still, though, he had to go meet up with a judge once a week. Uh, when he was out, and he was told either go, get a job or go to school. How wild would it be that we go to prison after living in the Maine woods for 27 years? Right? Like well, that, that was hard for him. I'm like, saying that is the worst punishing thing you could probably do. Yeah, he talked about how it was like all this noise. Totally. That was just like so foreign the to him echoes, and painful. Yeah, he couldn't sleep, I bet, for yeah. days. Oh, yeah, and like eating and everything. Yeah. Now, back at the campsite, the they smells. had to spend a ton of money cleaning it out because he had... Like this, I'd say, I don't know, half acre or so of his garbage dump mm-hmm. that he... He had like made his own midden? Yeah, basically. And so they had to go and like clear all that out and kind of yeah. remove it. But it's so rugged to get in there. It was hard. Huh. Um, from what I read in the book and then a bunch, I read all these newspaper and magazine articles. It didn't seem like he had a substance abuse problem. Um, it did not? No. Yeah. But 
he was he had to agree not to drink again. And I, I didn't quite understand. He drank a lot to prep for the winter and get fattened up. Huh. And he actually worried because he was eating so much sugar and drinking to fatten up that he worried he was going to get diabetes. Um, and then he did kind of tip some back, but it wasn't like he was an alcoholic in terms of everything I read. So I thought it was a weird detail that he had to kind of report in. It's so interesting. He chooses the life of a bear. Like, pretty much. He now lives a very quiet, private light, life in Maine, uh-huh. inside, indoors. Okay. Um, I thought that this passage from Michael Finkel's book was fascinating. Quote, at a homeowner's meeting in 2002, the 100 people present were asked who had suffered break-ins. 75 raised their hands. Campfire hermit stories were swapped. One kid recalled that when he was 10 years old, all his Halloween candy was stolen. That kid is now 34. <laughs> So, Zarin, what's your ridiculous takeaway? I bet they miss having the hermit. Right. I you think know, it out was... of all, I, they hated it when it was happening. One dude wanted to get his 357 and spend two nights up. But I bet now that it's gone and done and over with, they miss him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. Like, it was so much intrigue and yeah. this exciting story. And it's story. fun. And it's like something that bonds them all. They all have their stories. Well, the people, it becomes like, a legend of the area. Yeah. One guy, he was, Chris Knight was wearing, like, some of the clothes that this one guy had, had stolen from sure. him. And he just didn't. He's like, all right, well, whatever. Yeah, those are his clothes now. Yeah, exactly. So that's it. That's yeah. my story. That was great. You can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and Instagram. Email us at RidiculousCrime at gmail.com. Download the iHeart app and leave us a talk back. It's a 30-second voicemail. Totally anonymous. Totally legal. Totally cool. Do it. (laughs) Tune in next time. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by Dave Kustin, the Chattahoochee River Creeper. Researches by Forest Service three-star General Marissa Brown and outraged cabin owner Andrea Song Charpentier. The theme song is by Thomas, Grab Me the Chips Ahoy, Lee, and Travis, Hey, get me some of them ding-dongs, Dutton. Executive producers are Subaru Bratz, Ben Bolin, and Noel Brown. Ridiculous crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.